0: From Grain to Glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible.
1: So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound.
0: Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. This is the best beer show on the internet. According to our mothers. (laughs) You know, at least somebody (laughs) understands how this is supposed to go.
2: He literally said... Kersh, do you want me
0: on, Mike? And we were
2: like, who will we openly make fun of? <laughs> Gordon's uh, here.
0: <laughs> Gordon is here. Uh, yeah, we have a full studio uh, this week. We are recording our 10th anniversary episode right after Yay. this. Um, so yeah, we figured we might as well mic everybody up who's here. Uh, so we also have uh, Lucy and Jacqueline joining us as well, and Gordon for some fucking reason. Um, oh, God. Well, I actually, we, live here. Well, and we also got all this feedback. They're like, hey, you guys should have that Gordon guy on.
1: <laughs> oh, that didn't happen. He adds, uh,
0: he adds like, um, like Flavor? the guy who doesn't know
1: anything. Yes. A certain joie de vivre. <laughs> I'm glad my bribes actually went through out on Venmo. <laughs> oh, that was you? Your Gordon is awesome, 91?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Unreal. All right. Uh, before we get too deep here, I want to give a big shout-out to the American Homebrews Association. They do a lot of support homebrewing and homebrewers, and now they support us. During the AHA. We'll give you discounts at homebrew shops and select taprooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the referral link to my bottom our homepage or use uh, blind-ninja-studios at checkout and join today. Also, I'm going to give a big shout out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patrons, Andy Thompson, Bjorn Bjornson, Hoppin' Brewing, Brian Bryanson, Devin Stinson, Phil Feldman, and Tyler Romanski. If you'd like to be a patron, head over to patreon.com slash blind-studios and become
2: a patron today. Brian, what have you been up to beer-related lately, my friend? Oh, boy. Nothing all that interesting. We talk about Bell's Too Hearted on this show. Uh, it's pretty whelming. Pretty free. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I had a six pack of bells two hearted from a gas station in bottles and I had Lucy Jean brought over a 24 pack of 12 ounce cans and uh, the the 24 pack was definitely a lot more fresh and it was a little bit staggering to have fresh bells like super fresh bells. But beyond that, we went to uh, the Garage Bikes and Brews, one of, yeah. our, one of our favorite watering holes. Shout out uh, to Alice. Yeah, totally. We actually ran into him today, too. Yeah, um, he had a disappointing neat. deer hunt. <laughs> That's how she goes. I don't know, man. When you're talking about field drives, it sounds, sounds dangerous. I did one one time. Sounds dangerous. And that was enough times. <laughs> Indeed. All right.
3: That's interesting. No, that's interesting that the Bells was good in the can because when I was in the grocery store, staring at the cooler, panicking, not knowing, bottle, can, I don't know what's going to be good or bad. It's
2: always better in the can.
3: I just grabbed the, I was like, I'm going to get the more. I'm going to get the the biggest quantity and that'll, that'll be the happiest thing. You know, the the
2: only problem with that is that like when you're, when you're like doing 12 ounce cans, then it just, you just look like you're drinking way more than you actually are. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so, I mean, there it, there is that a little bit, but. Though, Brian, I don't think I asked you. I was talking to Casey about this. I had a Bell's on tap, and it had the flat beer flavor, but there's still a decent, like, really nice head on there. Is that.
2: Bell's too hearted. Prepare okay. to be whelmed. <laughs> yeah. Were you whelmed?
1: Were you whelmed? I was a little <laughs> underwhelmed that time. Whoa. Damn, no. Then I would contact the brewery. Yeah. Like, they're not
0: living up to their promise. I would. For uh, service.
2: <laughs> I would, uh, you know, take a mouse and I I would my, put I it in, my 350 in bag. the bottle. And uh, you want your three fifty back? Yeah, you got to go <laughs>
0: get your free six
2: pack eyes and
0: more. I don't know.
2: What about you, man? What have you been up to?
0: Uh, yeah, I made your, uh, uh, I made the yearly pilgrimage down to Florida. Um, didn't really do much beer related there. Went to Medieval Times and they had uh, some local uh, Florida stuff on there, but the local Florida stuff is now just. Cigar City that we can get up here. Were so they really like,
2: pushing that 420 beer still down there?
0: Or uh no, they weren't uh, with the the Sweetwater, right? Yeah, when I was No, that's oh that's there. only on Delta now. Delta's really pushing that uh Sweetwater 420. I couldn't
2: believe that how hard they were pushing that beer yep. when I was. They're down like, there. we have the IPA, and I'm like, I don't want There that was some, you know, this all. coincides with some national distribution deal that they end up you know, pushing into like 17 different markets across the United States. And.
0: Yeah, I always like, I know Surly had um, the distro deal for Sun Country for a minute yeah um and that was really cool like it was like, it was cool to like have like a quote unquote craft beer in the air right yeah. um but now I'm like I wonder who gets wrangled into these distro beer deals
2: like well I, you know and I kind of wonder if it's a lot like the sports stadiums where they are <clears throat> potentially making like a dollar a beer or something horrible
0: oh like that, okay where
2: you're paying a nine or ten dollar stadium fee for a beer and then you know you're you're brewery is getting like a dollar or some some ridiculous margin but i don't know it is what it is we're we are very very much in a in a spot right now where uh a lot of change is going on a lot of consolidation yeah uh this happens every how many years i don't know every, about every 10 every I would say. every yeah. 10 every 5 10 there's some massive consolidation um, I suppose know. like the last one was like the one that like got the shoots in it and all that, right? Yeah, it was that. And that was that was what was causing those companies that were being purchased by AB for their employees to like piss in a pint yeah. glass and set it on the bar. And <sighs> oh, we don't want to, you know, and like, <clears throat> fine, you, you get bought up by this massive, you know, corporation and you know people forget about the people that actually like are boots on the ground working for these companies and that's mm-hmm. that's the tough part is that you can you can talk shit and put put them down for selling out but you got to remember you're like your buddy down the street like a guy like me is still trying to Trying to like make a living, make this beer and make a living, yeah. Know? So it's we are definitely in one of those phases
0: right now, absolutely. But. Uh, Gordon, what have you been up to beer related, man? It's been a minute since we had you on the yeah, show, yeah. It's
1: been a long time, um, uh, not a whole lot. It's uh, living in Eau Claire, it's nice that there's places with civilization and a regular <laughs> rotation of new beers, been trying a lot of stuff, but uh, the only one that really stuck out to me surprisingly, I actually liked the lager. Uh, which is far and few between for me. I had uh, Surly's every before I die, which is an homage to Minnesota's uh, sports or football program, where they they want to see Minnesota get a national championship before in their lifetime was the deal. Wasn't that great.
0: like the whole like thing of angels in the outfield, but baseball? Yeah. Probably yeah. have have Vikings fans started going like this nope. mm-hmm. U, U of M oh U of M time. have they started yeah, yeah. going like this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Listen, okay.
1: Gophers don't no. really fly. so I don't know how this is it. <laughs> They're just like they all bring but, shovels now and start no, digging we, below their. Seats. We were bowling last night over in a <laughs> place in St. Paul, and they had that on tap. And I was like, yeah, what the hell? I'll give it a shot. And it was a nice, easy five percent logger, great for bowling, but it was solid. I liked it. All right,
0: awesome. Okay. Well, Brian, we should probably taste this beer in front of us and talk about yeah. that. Um, yeah, so uh, our commercial calibration this week is kind of a weird one. Um, this is a beer that has been a lo- around since I started drinking, and I mean, I
2: think since you did too, since 1999. Yeah, I've purposely avoided this beer. A lot. Uh, like all the time, just based yep. on purely based on the marketing and the fact that it looks macro to me, and that would be the only reason. Oh, have, you, have you never had this beer? I have not. Whoa! I'm really excited. To, this is to this look is this, beer. this is very rare.
0: Like having a beer that Brian has never had in the commercial calibration because
2: I have actively <laughs> avoided. Yeah.
0: So this is uh this is uh the Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Ale. Um, I haven't had this beer in probably six or seven years. They do a lot of uh, variants of this, um, a lot of that kind of thing. Um, and the style is really hard to pin down. So I'm curious what our resident beer judge will think of that. Um, here's the copy on it. Our Kentucky ale is aged in freshly decanted bourbon barrels from some of Kentucky's finest distilleries. Subtle yet familiar flavors of vanilla and oak are imparted to this special ale as it rests in charred barrels. After aging for at least six weeks, the beer has grown to become the flagship beer of the premier name and barrel-aged beers, Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Ale. Pleasantly smooth and robust, it may also uh, be served as an aperitif or after-dinner drink. Uh, it's uh, they say it's an Irish red base, um, coming in at 8.2 though, which does not fit within Irish red style. Definitely not.
2: Uh, way out. Uh, we're probably. I don't have the style guidelines up in front of me. Maybe you do, but we're probably looking at five. <clears throat> um. Yeah. Uh, no uh, head. Head's gone. Might head's be, gone, and we might just be poured my glass, it. But, but uh, golden to amber. Probably more towards the golden side. Crystal clear though. Yep, crystal clear. Patented beer light says more towards golden. More, way more towards golden. Edges are carrying tighter bubbles, which is a good sign too. All right.
0: Um, Also, like just massive, massive uh, bourbon vanilla notes on the bourbon
2: vanilla corn. On the aroma, corn is something that's. I'm not getting the, well,
0: I guess the sweetness maybe? Is that where you're putting the corn? Okay. Mm-hmm. That's coming off as corn for me. And then I get like almost like vanilla bean. Like, or maybe it's. it's I'm getting like, corn and cheese. Cheese? hmm.
1: Damn it. Now that you said cheese. Mm hmm.
2: Just saying
1: online it says it's supposed to have cheese oak vanilla, caramel and toffee. I don't get, I don't
0: get any toffee because yeah. that would be uh, you would get toffee from yeast characteristic and I'm yeah. not getting any of that.
2: toffee I, get, I can I could maybe see because there's some
0: maybe right on the back end I get vanilla more. Um, your cheese character throws me though. I don't I think
2: like maybe it's versing more towards butter, honestly. <clears throat> I could see that. I could see like a little bit uh, diacetyl. Yeah, I think that's where I was going with it. I honestly like this just seems like if you're trying to make. Okay, so what do we know? What do we know about this beer? Like, how is it actually made? And again, this is why I heavily avoided this because (laughs) I I can guarantee you that, like, they're not like something this commercialized looking in my mind stays at best. It says exactly, it says aged in bourbon barrels. What, 10% of it? was aged. Oh. All of it was aged in bourbon barrels. Like, can you definitively tell me, like, exactly what treatment this happened from grain to glass? Like, like what happened to it? You probably can't. And yeah, staves. There might have been some on staves. There might have been some on or extract. Bean. There or... might have been extract. We don't know. We have no idea. They're not going to tell us. It's not going to say it on the bottle. So, um, hmm. Right. I, I, I don't know necessarily if these are, like, off flavors, like, we wouldn't necessarily say this, but what they are is off flavors from trying to make it taste like whatever. Like,
0: what, well, and, like, that, the, the weird thing is, like, choosing an Irish red as your base, or I guess an Imperial Irish red as your base, is a weird choice. Um, but... It doesn't taste like anything Irish. Like it doesn't. It doesn't have those. Like if 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 I'm looking Irish red, I'm like I want. I want some malt. I want like some multi biscuity. I want some of those toffee like yeasty characters to come through. I want it to be a little bit more red than this. This is yeah. way more
2: golden. <clears throat> Body isn't uh, very thick. It's thin, but not like an over attenuated thinness to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it very definitely. It it just has some stuff going on where if you were just and again this is why I avoided it because you run into those those guys or gals or whomever these people that are like oh yeah like you know like the big rage is bourbon barrel aged beer and well have you ever tried Kentucky bourbon barrel ale
0: this uh, so what did you pay for this four
2: pack by the way do you know eight bucks exactly it'd be 3 times that if it was actually conditioned in Oh yeah, I mean like if you it,
0: like if you guys listen to our 400th episode like we're going to have some real barrel aged beer on yeah, there and, and this like, is
2: fine this is all marketing if you can get people to buy it based on that cool uh, more power to you So it has
0: some awards though which we all know don't really mean much but yeah I don't know man it's so weird cool. You you know all right I I think I think I think I figured this out this feels like a distillery put out a beer not a brewery put
1: out a beer.
2: Yeah, I don't know. There, there's a big, big corn, big round corn flavor. It's very dry. So, yeah, you know, I'm I'm guessing we're. I don't know. I mean, I can I can look up six dozen different yeah. clones. No, so on like looking setup.
0: looking at their uh, looking at their website like. Uh, their big thing is the bourbon. They do town ranch bourbon. And they, they're they like, we're the only brewery and distillery on the Kentucky Bourbon Trail. I- okay. <laughs> no, Brian, I don't
1: know. Yeah, what if you this, got? This, so I got the recipe here. It yeah. doesn't say quantities, but it's two row pale, caramel 40, aroma, aromatic malt, carapils, and malted wheat. Hops are Fuggle East Kent and East Kent Golding.
2: That sounds about right. I mean,
1: if there's wheat in here, it's not
0: doing anything for their head retention.
2: Yeah, that is kind of the problem. Like, it's very, like, the body's extremely thin. Um, I'm curious. What do they say, aromatic malt?
1: Yeah. I could see that. Okay. And Casey, where did you get the, the Imperial Irish out of there? Uh, well, they said Irish, and it's 8%. No. Well, I, I just saw it. it's online. The internet never lies. It says American Strong Ale. So I don't know. On the well, the
3: bottle, it says Kentucky how much Irish Red that Ale. that would make.
1: Yeah, so uh,
0: on, their, on their website, they say style is Irish Red. <laughs> American Strong makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Um, but then why put Irish Red in there? I don't know. Marketing Buzz? Marketing team and the... You, you know, Brian, we, so have, uh, we have bottle openers. That
3: doesn't impress the ladies.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't break my 3D printed... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> still works. <laughs>
2: All right. Um, Yeah, I can see aromatic, Um, carapils. What was it? Cara Crystal Forty. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Bohemian wheat. Interesting. All right.
0: Yeah, I don't know. All right, so let's get to our actual discussion topic for the day because that's the important thing that we want to talk about. We don't want to talk about this weird beer that we forced Brian to try even though he avoided it for, I don't know, the last 20 years. I don't know, I just get corn. He's like, this is corn, and but juice. not even good corn. It's <laughs> cream corn. It's corn! It's got the juice! It's got the juice! <laughs> All right, moving on. All right, um, so this is... Uh, how to get? We're going to talk about how to get rid of that homebrew taste, and we've all we've all dealt with it. Like that homebrew twang is what I used to call it.
2: I love like, the, I love the word twang. And when you were watching me, like throw that into a search engine, did I not type twang? Mm, yeah, like because that's 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 what it
0: is. It's this weird, like it. You you have a beer and you're like, oh, that tastes like homebrew. It's just that mm. um that that certain taste. It's.
2: Almost uh, ineffable, like. I I will say right off the bat, if you TLDR this episode, I will say I looked at how to get rid of that homebrew taste. And the first thing that came to my mind is pitch the correct amount of yeast episode over.
0: Pretty much. Or
2: or temp control. Pitch the correct amount of yeast, comma, have temp control but that's not always possible and that's yep. why we're doing a homebrew show not a professional brewing show exactly so we'll, we'll push in that direction yeah. But, yeah um yeah so it's
0: i how how would you best describe that that flavor brian uh just it i don't know just like pumpkin juice i don't know <laughs> i mean kind of like it's uh not not quite like it's Almost cidery, I guess.
2: Like probably cidery. Um, yeah. Let's let's break it down. So what did what did I say before? Like under pitching yeast, what yep. happens? Uh, like what so under pitching of yeast,
0: we're, we're we're stressing the yeast. We're going to it's going to push a lot more of those acetals out. We're like going to green apple. Yep. Yeah. Stuff.
2: like so that. So we're gonna get
0: more of that that cider like mm-hmm. uh, flavor. Temp control is gonna also bump up a lot of the fruity flavors. Um, again, stressing yeast.
2: We're going to, uh, yeah. So basically, if your if your beer tastes fruity, you are you are a home brewer and you are introducing yourself to this new hobby. <clears throat> There's a like a, a crazy amount of information being thrown at you, and and you like the idea of things, which everybody does when they're picking a new hobby or doing this or doing that. Yep. But. If you you like the idea of a certain yeast strain, but you know if you're pushing thirty twenty four Y yeast into a beer, I'd suggest four packages. If you're doing your first saison, you're throwing one package. Yeah, and, oh, you buy
0: your Mister Beer kit. It's going to come with a exactly. packet of four year old dry yeast that's been
2: sitting in the bottom of a Walmart shelf for God knows how long. Or that too. And I mean, I'm not going to shit on dry yeast. I no, no. But I'm ran gonna, a brewery for five years with
0: dry yeast Well yeah and well and I think that actually might be the first thing I want to talk about is one of one of the first things I like I noticed with like a lot of like homebrew twang comes with like homebrew kits and a lot of those have been sitting on a shelf for a while. You can pitch as much yeast as you want um, and if you're even if you're doing a proper pitch but your extract is stale, your beer is gonna taste stale. Like, it just is what it is. So, if you're using um, old ingredients, especially, like, old extract or even old malts that have been sitting around for a while, Mm -hmm. like, there's nothing you can do to, like, overcome that,
2: like, staleness. It's another good point if you are doing, like, a partial mash or, like, a something along those lines or you're venturing into a full mash. uh, Your grist, you know, sitting after it's been crushed for a long time, Mm -hmm. too, might – Push. So, I mean, I know we're on thing five. Well,
0: well, yeah, whatever. we're jumping around. I was, I did this as like, I was, Work I was backwards. like putting things like, um, old ingredient, old ingredients, the point. um, old ingredient. And also like, so when you're crushing, like oxidation's is an issue. We talk about oxidation, uh, after fermentation a lot, but oxygen is something that we're battling the entire brewing process. 100%. Uh, sometimes it's necessary, but like, it's also like, it immediately starts to stale your ingredients. Absolutely, Gordon, Uh
1: Go ahead. Uh, on the east side of the house, you know, I, um, you know, Christmas is coming up. I just got a Mr. Beer kit for yep. from you know the aunt that I don't like. <laughs> Does throwing in you know? Some Does she listen yeast- to this show?
2: Or? No, no. Oh,
1: no. What, uh, I was, what a shame.
2: Yeah, Aunt Perhaps. Sally, you should start listening. <laughs> Maybe for Christmas you could give her a subscription
1: to the whatever this show is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gordon, yeah, if Gordon so, Brian, you know a show sure you're on, right? He's not going to do it. <laughs> do, would throwing in some, you know, fast pitch or other yeast nutrients in there help with? That? I uh,
0: instead of going the yeast nutrient route, I think the easiest route would be if you are if you stumbled upon this, you're looking for Christmas ideas, and you happen to listen to this episode and make it through the bullshit of the last 20 minutes to this point. Um, my recommendation to you would be to go to Northern Brewer or whatever like your local homebrew shop is or your local online retailer and just buy a new pitch or like a new packet of US05 or something like that for six bucks
2: and include that. And then a pretty standard measurement that we'll use a lot is five five gallons, 19 liters. And I would uh, say that under pitching is worse than over pitching, so... Um, throw throw two packets in there just yep. in case because you're I know you and I know you'll spill half of it. No, so, no. <laughs> okay, so just buy two packages. Yep.
0: And turns out don't listen to anything you read online and don't rehydrate it. Just pitch it directly. Don't in. rehydrate. That was a really weird thing that we learned in that yeast. Or was that was that Janish or was that yeast? I don't remember, but honestly,
2: that that kind of blew my mind. Yeah, it did too. Uh, yeah, half the yeast dies I don't during know. rehydration. I'm, I'm not a molecular biologist. Um, not even
1: close. No, I'm just
2: a guy in a basement.
1: Yeah. I feel uh, that.
0: Right. Alright so old ingredients um, the other thing I want to talk about is uh, the water that you're using. Mm-hmm. This is another like really big one also harder to fix. Um, so homebrew like there's there's a certain flavor that comes from like if you just use straight tap water in your beer. Um, it's It can be like metallic. It can be um, I guess, for lack of a better word, pool water, right? Yeah. Like How often like, do we
2: do these calibrators or taste these beers and we're like, oh, it's, there's it's mineral quality. Yeah. And usually we can, we can find that on the nose right, right away. Yeah. And why is that? Well, uh, like pour a, pour a pint of beer. What, what's the majority of, of the ingredient that's in the pint of beer? Water.
0: Water. Um, and so if you don't have good tasting water, it's not like you're not going to have good tasting beer. But more importantly, um, a lot of city water is chlorinated. Um, and so if you're running into that issue, you need to do something about it. You can filter it out. Um, you can do the old like uh, throw, what is it, Camden tablets in and let it sit overnight and that will dechlorinate it. Um,
3: I have a question. Yeah. I know a lot of times you can like go fill a carboy, a five-gallon carboy at a um – like a grocery store for like a dollar fifty, and it's reverse osmosis water. Yep. Do you recommend reverse osmosis?
2: Yeah, RO water is fantastic. RO water is fine, but you've got to re- kind of rebuild the yep. the salts back in because these <clears throat> salts that are supposed to be in water um, will push uh, more hops, less hops, more grain, etc. So yeah, you'd kind of have to rebuild. Yeah, but yeah, about, good like, idea.
3: Spring water. If someone had, I don't know. I've just been to a few cities where you like, I gag on the tap water, and yeah. so would like just Same. getting bottled spring water from somewhere, get a few gallons of it. Uh, make difference depends.
0: Uh, spring like,
3: water is usually good. It
0: the the best way to do it, like with an unknown source. Uh, if you don't know, like if they're like, because I mean, it could be spring water that they're just like filling off of a tap. It could still be chlorinated. Um, it might
3: taste like plastic. It comes
0: in Yeah, uh, send it off to Ward Labs. Take a bottle and just ship it to Ward Labs, and they will, they'll send you a water report for like 20 bucks, hmm. and you can see exactly what the makeup of that water
2: is. Yeah, there's... Um,
0: and their turnaround's actually really quick.
2: There's a really specific list of, you know, properties that water should or could have for different styles of beer, so... Yeah. You know, ideally, we could take a We're water... We're looking
0: at, like, the alkalinity, the hardness, the...
3: What about, um, what about running, okay, this might seem ridiculous for the no, amount of water no. using, but what about running tap water through, like, one of those Brita filters, yeah. which is, like, a carbon filter?
0: Yep, uh, that's that that's actually what I use.
3: Do so you just sit there for, like, an hour and filter?
0: Uh, no, I have, I have a brewing one uh, <gasps> okay, okay. that, that uh, does a lot more than that. I think it's, uh, it's like, a gallon or half a gallon a minute or something.
3: Does it, like, attach to a pot or a carboy? Uh, no, it,
0: it attaches to, like, a, basically a hose attachment, and so I just run it through my garden hose. Oh. Um and it, it like it works really well. Um so or like attached be to the sink.
3: Easy home option for home. Absolutely,
0: 100%. yeah. Um they're it's it's a really easy option. They're not cheap. I think the one I bought was a couple hundred bucks. Um but like yeah, if you have the time and you're especially if you're doing like stovetop batches, like if you're doing like one, two, three gallon batches, a Brita filter is a great option because it doesn't need to be cold. Like you can run it through, pour it, run it through, pour it, and like do that and like get your water ready over a couple of days even
2: mm-hmm.
0: um but yeah basically the, like the number one thing you want to get out of there is that chlorine you can work around the water profile quite a bit um even if you're not testing it if you're if you're on city water get you s- some kind of filtered water don't worry about adding salts or anything especially if it's your first brew but i guarantee it's gonna taste better without the chlorine
2: 100%. So at a base level that's where we could go, but if you want to get really complicated about it, you guys were in Germany, <clears throat> you had these fine loggers and they used their proprietary water source. What we could do, we could pull our water, add the correct salts and make that water profile exactly the same as that place in Germany that made that beer and we could we could get the same results. Yep. Uh, and I'm using air quotes because there's a lot of other factors. Be, we'd yeah. need German ingredient. We'd need German yeast. We'd need German temp control. we need copper pots. We'd need German language spoken over the beer. <laughs> the right amount of spittle. <laughs> 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 so we, we, we covered old extract and ingredients. We covered water. Uh, we talked a little bit about pitch rate. Uh, yeah. So if, if you have a beer kit...
0: Uh, buy more yeast. I think is the is the number one thing. One, buy fresh yeast. Pitch whatever's in there, like just in the garbage can, because you have no idea how long that that's been sitting there. What?
2: Or you could just ask.
0: Or just ask. Um, I guess if you're if you're getting if you're getting like a pre-milk kit, uh, pre-built kit from like your local homebrew supply, like this probably isn't nearly the issue. I'm thinking of like the Brewers Best kits and, um, like, the Mr. Beer kits, like, the things that sit on the shelf, they collect a layer of dust, or, you, like, you see them at the, your local liquor store even, and they're just, like, they're good kits if they're
2: freshish. You are going to make beer.
0: Yes, you're going to make beer. It might not be,
2: if it's your first batch, it will be the best beer you have ever tasted, guaranteed. I saw a picture of a bar in Wisconsin from 1890, and it was, like, an adult bartender and two adult males and then one child, and they were all having a beer, and I thought to myself, I'm un- <laughs> I was like, I wonder what the beer tasted like in Wisconsin in 1890. Like, what I wouldn't give.
3: Like right? German beer.
2: You, I've been to Germany, I've been to all these different places in the world and tried all these different beers, and all I want to know is what, what the hell did the beer taste like in 1890 in Wisconsin. That's what I want
0: to know. Holy shit. Andy Thompson is listening. I just got a text from him.
2: Tell him I say
0: hello. Oh, <laughs> hey, wait. Hey, Andy. He's going to hear it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yet he's not in the chat. Yeah, I don't know. He's in Florida
0: now. It's probably broken. Is he? Yeah, yeah. He moved from Washington to Florida. I just found that out in this text message I just got. Wild. Yeah, right? Okay. Crazy. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, and then fermentation temperature. This is This is hard. Uh, especially, high. like, if if it's your first kit, if it's your first thing, like, don't think about it too much. Find an interior closet is the best thing I can say. Or a basement. Any place that's cool you want. Um, I mean, best would be, like, mid-60s. But stable is better than, even if it's hot and stable, it's still going to be better than fluctuating and stable.
2: Um, so I forget about this all the time. And <clears throat> the fact that when you're starting, you don't have the, the means necessarily to To push in the direction of
0: I don't understand why everybody just doesn't start with a glycol chiller and
2: (laughs) a few thousand dollars in equipment. Cool. So we were (laughs) So we were talking a little bit about places we've lived earlier and I lived in this second I lived in a walk up second floor walk up in uptown and I had a a window and I would open it about four inches and I would put a hoodie over the carboy. And it was just enough to keep it right around 68 or so um, to to make this American robust porter that I liked all the time and just good big pictures of it. Um, Yeah, I mean, if that's what you have to do, then do it. Like, get creative. Like, if any, if, and I will say this again, and I hope that I say this every single time we do this show, but this is what sets you apart from everybody else as a home brewer. You can do all these cool experiments that you're you're not losing any money. You're losing 30 or 40 bucks doing an experiment, like doing it wrong, like do things wrong. Then you'll get to the the part where you're doing it right. But, yeah, put a hoodie over it, stick it next to a window, and maybe it'll ferment out at 68. And then maybe you'll have a good robust porter. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, and then the final
0: thing I uh, just want to touch on is cleanliness and sanitation. Brian, what is the difference between clean and what is the difference between san- and sanitary?
2: Oh, cleaning, sanitizing, and sterilizing those are three different levels. You cannot sterilize something that hasn't been cleaned. All right. So you would clean the dirt off of something. You will sanitize it, and then you can go ahead and sterilize it. Now, yeast. If we're farting around with yeast, we want to get more into the like the sterilization realm, but like sanitizing is good enough. So cleaning PBW, uh, what is it? Other OxyClean stuff you can get that powdered stuff. Just OxyClean? Use dish soap. Doesn't really matter. Yep. But then that five star star sand, that's kind of where you want to be to get it sanitized. Mm-hmm. Don't fear the foam. Don't fear the foam. If there's a little bit of foam left in the bottom, just just. It's one of the coolest things about star sand is it's phosphate based and becomes a yeast nutrient. None of these things are going to hurt anyone. No one is going to become poisoned. Uh, it's yeah. what was it I think it was
0: oh man it has to be about ten years ago now when star sand was just coming out of the market or like for home brewers um, the president of the company uh, made a big uh, pint
2: glass of star sand and then drank it yeah you can you can do a pretty crappy job uh, cleaning and sanitizing and still come up with some great beer and I am living proof <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Any final things you want to add, Brian, before we wrap up this episode? No, but I would press you if you had questions about anything we talked about on this episode to to gather some knowledge from other episodes that we've done. Uh, Yeah. Because a lot of times when we start getting on tangents on things on this show – You've probably already done an episode. Uh, yeah,
0: specifically water. Um, like, we talked a little bit about that this episode. We did an entire series on water. Uh, oh, man, a couple of years back now. Uh, so we are probably do for another one. Uh, but also check out the Brewing Essentials books. Uh, not a sponsor should be though. Uh, <laughs> that we basically just gave you all their information for free. Uh, but the water book is a an incredible one. Uh, I think that's uh, Palmer is, is one of the co-authors that's on Palmer. that one, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then yeah, so those those books are fantastic. That's uh, malt, water, hops, and yeast, and the water one is incredible. I mean, they're all just they're
2: stupid good. I'm just gonna tell you that a lot of that shit is over my head. Um, so they're great books, but if it's over your head, just move on, <laughs> move on. Uh, you could like, and
0: there's, there's a lot of really good, tools. I don't mean move on from the book. I mean, move, go to the next chapter, <laughs> go to the next chapter, figure it out. Um, well, and also there's, there's just a lot of really good tools. Like there's, uh, tools built into Beersmith and, uh, Brewfather, Like that will help you like get the biggest thing I can say is if you're U.S. based, send a water sample to Ward Labs, get that brewers report, pay the extra five bucks. I think it is for the brewers report and get that um, and then just plug those numbers in and it will just magically tell you what to do. And then you just probably need to buy like some sodium chloride and gypsum. Sure. And then start pushing out kick ass IPAs.
2: Hell yeah. nail down your yeast first. But yeah.
0: Ah, don't put nails in your yeast Don't use a nail Don't rusty use a rusty nails nail as a, as a stir bar Oh, <laughs> well, Gordon thought that was
1: funny uh. it, it gives surface area for the yeast to do their thing
0: That's all No rusty nail stir bars You can't clean or sanitize those guys nice. All right, if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and choose an email at feedback at You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash You can follow us on Instagram at blindingestudios. And I'll see you guys next week.
2: Peace!